Hello and welcome to UNI Game Society Radio on TuneFM 106.9. I am your host, Chris. I'm Blake. And I'm Kate. And Kate is joining us from out of studio over Discord, uh, but that is all right. Uh, she, is, she might as well be here, the voice of God <laughs> is mm. here in the studio sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we thought we might uh, start off with, surprise, surprise, it's everybody's favorite game, at least in this group. It's Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> We've only talked about it nearly every time that we're yeah. on radio. Well, there's so, there's so much in it. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about with Skyrim. It is a huge game, and it has been out for getting close to 10 years now. Yeah. Um, wow. October, no, November 11th. November 11th. 11. Yep, 11, 11, 11. Yep, mm-hmm. I remember that one from the Tabascus literal. Yep, <laughs> that's the one. Uh, I remember being, I went to EB Games Expo back in uh, 2012, and at the expo, it's part of the presentation at the start was showing a lot of the games that came out in the last year. I think I was one of the few people who stood up for Skyrim. I'm like, oh, lame. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, oh, Call of Duty, oh, Darksiders, Skyrim, hey. Really, guys? (laughs) I mean, Darksiders is also good. I've only played the second one, though, and I'm not very good at it. It takes me a while for my fat, stubby fingers to memorize combos properly. <laughs> it's one of the reasons, one of the only combo-based games I play is Ruby Grim Eclipse, which is That's light, heavy, light, light, heavy. <laughs> well, light, 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 heavy. Yeah, does... Ruby, Glim- Ruby Grim Eclipse is combo-based? Yeah. yeah, it's got attack combos. Well, yeah, it does, but... You just kind of you just kind of play a character and you jump around and mash buttons until you figure out what button mash combinations make the cool things happen. And I like to do it until I get like you know, the highest damaging or the highest stunning things. Like I think Vice's one, she's got like light, light, heavy, makes the enemy freeze in front of her. Something. Yeah, Blake's shot like Blake's um range attack is pretty good though. It has when fully leveled up, infinite punch through and stun. We also sidetracked off Skyrim. We didn't even get to that. <laughs> well, it's okay. We're talking about something that isn't Skyrim for once. Go us. True. Hey, at True. least we're not talking about Pokemon. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I've actually been... Probably Sorry. my favorite character to play in Grim Eclipse was always Nora because she had that really good effect where um, when you jump and right-click, I think it is, she comes back down with the hammer and it's like a little AoE, AOE thing centered on her. Which is really good. You just walk into a group of enemies, jump, and just smack them. Just jump great. slam, yeah. Yeah, the yep, good old Goomba Stomp. I remember mm-hmm. Nora was the character I used to get the It's Also a Gun achievement. Um, Did I you played, just... I played through the entire first mission with the only damage I did being done with my ranged attack. That must have taken a I while. remember one time I navigated backwards through a level, like, not through the whole level, but through a decent... A decent amount of the end of using the level. Using nothing but gun recoil? Yeah, using nothing but Pyrrha's gun recoil. <laughs> uh, Pyrrha had probably the most boring ranged attack because it was just ping, ping, ping. Like, there was no combo for it. Yeah. I reckon if I went and looked, Pyrrha would probably be one of the characters who has the least amount of playtime for me, which is really sad because she's a great character. I just... Didn't really enjoy playing her as much. Yeah, her unique gimmick is the ability to perform ca- counters at range because she hurls her shield at them. Ah. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't do count as much, so my my F key was seldom used. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that's because both of our computers at the time were absolute junkers, and counters required a semblance of timing we couldn't manage on our computers. Man, You're I remember when we'd all get together frames. to play um, Grim Eclipse, and I'd fire up the game, and then I'd go and do something else for five minutes. I'd fire up the game, and then I'd go to the loo, or put something away or whatever, and then I'd hear the startup thing, which would oh, be Ruby yeah. saying, yeah, Ruby would be like, oh, yeah, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, the game has finally completed startup. I, I remember one time in order to try and make the game run faster, I looked into modding it. So like how you can get the Beth INI mod for Skyrim in order to mod the graphics to be worse. <laughs> I, I overdid it a little. I kind of removed all the textures for a bit. Um, it looked like low texture, norm, like the normal low texture character models, but the backgrounds looked like Play-Doh. No. It looked horrible. But in that is same that adventure... Is that the one that had uh, potato setting? Oh, yeah. Grimacliss's lowest setting is naturally called potato. Yep. <laughs> and you went lower than that. Yeah, I went to sub-potato levels of graphics. You can also make your own custom skins. I think a friend of ours was making custom skins in there. Yeah, it's kind of janky to do and you need to know what you're doing with modding because the game doesn't have natural modding ca compatibility. You have to start buggering about in the files. But it is possible. You just can't add new models in. So Mercury mods were just Yang recolored to look like mercury mm. yeah that's that's not much is it <laughs> now like generally speaking the mods for XCOM that are ruby related are probably a bit more accurate to the characters because it's just voice clips and those are bloody good mods actually <laughs> I wish they'd added more characters to Grim Eclipse that'd be really fun yeah. I want to play as deals. But to be fair, there is a semi-announced new game coming out for Ruby. Mm -hmm. I think there's, they're assuming there's going to be more talked about it at RTX later this month. Uh, I think it's done by some people who specialize in... Um, ooh, I, I think they specialize in horde shooters. Like, top-down horde brawlers. Okay. So it could be fun. But I was talking... I, I think I might have been talking to my friend Geordie, or it might have been one of you guys about the fact that Ruby would probably really benefit from a turn-based game. I can say a JRPG of that. A JRPG, or I was seeing like XCOM-based, like XCOM-style, with like a top-down, moving people here, here, and here, taking shots from here and here, like a very tactical sort of game. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Like, that's definitely one way to go about it. But I also feel like a lot of the appeal of Ruby is not not quite explosions, but like the the fist fight equivalent of explosions. Ah, the very It's about the the, the spectacle of it, the flashiness of it, and that's something yeah, that's it's the fluidity of the combat, you, you see. You, yeah. yeah, you can't quite get the you wouldn't quite get the same feeling in a turn based game, I feel. This is absolutely just me talking out my butt here, but <laughs> Do you get what I'm coming out with that? Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they could have a free-form RPG 
style potentially mm. i don't know how an open world would work with Ruby, or if it's not even open world i think an mmo would be fun but really difficult to make i'm just gonna commit a volume four and decide to walk entirely across remnant myself <laughs> you've already like done I that in do skyrim in yep like, it's, it's great Go cross-country. Find things. Get lost. Oh, look, we're back to it. <laughs> yeah, let, let's get back on the Skyrim now. Because <laughs> in reference to what I was just talking about with Kate walking somewhere without a map, I think you set yourself the challenge of walking from Whiterun to Markarth without looking at your map or fast-traveling or using a carriage. I was finding Rorikstead because the man in the carriage said that he was from Rorikstead and he died and I wanted to go and tell um, his family that look he here him I'm from Rorikstead mm. yeah Rorikstead's <laughs> just along along the road west of Whiterun yeah I remember I was using my so when I bought ugh, sorry English my 82nd language um when I w first bought Skyrim I bought it off a friend of mine in the schoolyard that he lent it sus. to well, <laughs> he lent it to me and when I went to pay him for it he refused to accept the payment. So I just kind of got Skyrim for free. And it actually came with a map of Skyrim on, like, old, weathered-looking paper. Hmm. And I used that to help guide Kate to Rorikstead. <laughs> <laughs> and then I walked all that way, and there wasn't even a quest. Yeah, yeah Loki doesn't... As far as I can tell, Loki doesn't seem to have a family. Nobody seems to miss him there. He's just sort of from there. Yeah. Something tells like, me by I his clothes. I thought I was going to go there and there was going to be a quest or something. Something tells me but by his clothes. But also it was just like, man. in Skyrim, you make your own, you make your own goals. You go where you want to go. And you finally wake up. <laughs> hey, you. You're finally awake. Mm. Yeah. It, <laughs> Loki, uh, Rorikstead doesn't even seem to have much in and of itself. There's, I know there's a follower you can get there. Uh, you got to convince his father to be like, hey, I want to go on adventures. No, you work the farm. Yeah. There is a cool story about that follower. It is based off of a Elder Scrolls player, and I think that's why his um, when he becomes a usable follower, he is able to... He's called, like, his name the hero or something. Okay. He, he was named after a, a player who, um, I think, passed away during the production of Skyrim. And was put in the game as a tribute by Bethesda. I like it when I like it when things do tributes to fans. I do know one other example I can give in that strain, Borderlands Two, in fact. Uh there's a random chance every time you spawn into Sanctuary, the main place, you can find somewhere in the town of Sanctuary a man named Michael, who when you talk to him, I believe he compliments you as being a vault hunter, you're cool, you're a hero and all. And it gives you a blue rarity weapon. Blue being third highest in mm -hmm. the general rules of things. Uh, I believe he was someone that passed away in the uh, during the creation of Borderlands 2. But he was a big time fan, fan of Borderlands prior to, before he passed away to cancer, I think. Mm. But it's cool that he's in the game. Small chance to get a uh, decent rarity uh, item off him if you find him. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I think when we were in, in the break, we were talking about the language of Skyrim being Dovazul, lang <laughs> the dragon language. Yeah, dragon tongue. Not the flower, the language. 
yeah, different thing. Um, learning about like, well, in the early days when there was uh, full websites and etc. that uh, had dedicated themselves to making the rest of the dragon language into you know English words. Mm. Uh, because the Skyrim guidebook that you would have gotten with an early edition of Skyrim didn't have that much. It was about two or three pages. And though I found some interesting words in it, not that I can remember any more than two, um, there wasn't too much there. And so, Blake and Kate, you guys found an interesting word that you uh, seem to laugh about. <laughs> well, I'll talk, I'll talk about the site first. The site is called thum.org, and it is where a small... Well, I'm not sure how big the community is, but they have a forum, and it's been going for quite a few years. And they have a dictionary of canon and fan-made uh, dragon words, Trend, they have a dragon to English dictionary, a dragon to Dutch dictionary, and a dragon to French dictionary. So these so these people are all of from all over the world, I suppose, working on this. And they also have lessons for how to learn the language. And there's a forum and oh, is that a pen pals section? Pen oh, pals. that's so cute. Wow. They have a pen pals section. I haven't However, heard I that don't, for a while. It hasn't been updated in a long time, I don't think, but that is very cute. To be fair, and the word Skyrim. that we found. The, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> the word that we found was punkenlock or punkenlock, and it means donut. It's derived from the word pun, which means flour or meal, and kenlock, which means circle. So, donut in. Dragon is flower circle, and I think that's sweet. Mm. So is the donut, most likely. You would hope. Yes, I would hope so. Is it as sweet as these sweet rolls we keep hearing about? Doubt it. Though apparently in the actual Skyrim cookbook, the um, the sweet rolls in the official Skyrim cookbook are actually kind of bland. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> they go to all the stuff for this cookbook, and then... You gotta add your own sweetness to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to make a good sweet roll, like binging with Babish did a really good video on it where he made some good ones. I think they were brioche. Hmm. Interesting choice. Yeah, if well, it works, it works. What, yeah. what can I say? It just when works. you were talking earlier about tributes, right? Yeah. yeah. Like tri uh, fan there is potentially a tribute character. In um, in Animal Crossing, Audie, who people believe her English name is based on a game designer's grandmother who logged over 3,500 hours in Animal Crossing New Leaf. And so they may have named a character after her. People aren't entirely sure if that's actually what it is but it seems to be a pretty commonly accepted bit of fan fan lore, fan lore. yeah so that's cute i know that um i think we've talked about her before uh shirley curry the skyrim grandma on youtube yes. that she's getting mm -hmm. 
she has already put in the work to voice an NPC uh, for Elder Scrolls Six in the just in the case that she can't that she doesn't survive to the creation of Elder Scrolls Six or the release of it. At this point, I'm starting to question if we'll survive to see the, re- re- the release of Elder Scrolls Six. Are you okay? That was like four strokes there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that is also a very good question. Will we survive to see mm. Elder Scrolls Six? Todd Howard, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nearly a decade. It took you five years between Elder Scrolls Four and Five. Why is? It, I hope that this doesn't double each time. I mean, like, Pokemon puts out a new generation every three or four years. That and is... I believe that they could maybe benefit from slowing down a tad. <laughs> yeah. Skyrim. Speed it up a little. <laughs> Speed it up a little. We want to know where this is. Like, I, I'm not a specialist on Elder Scrolls lore, so with that 20-second reveal trailer, I couldn't tell you what the architecture was we got in that teaser trailer from E3, like, 2019. I, mm, I, I reckon... Reckon there's got to be a good middle ground between pumping out games at maximum speed and losing quality as a result, and having games getting stuck in development hell. Try telling Treyarch or Infinity Ward that, from what I recall, the creators of Call of Duty. So you know they make a game every year. Mm. Mm. At least they're not E, uh, not E3, EA. Well, yes. The IGN review for the recent Switch port of FIFA. Um, was very snarky. It was, well, since EA didn't change anything in the game at all and just rebranded and resold the original, the last game they made, I'm just going to put my original review for the game in here with no edits. <laughs> and he did. I guess they I got like it. And Way to save just... some time. Hmm. Yeah, that seems fine. Look, if the developers haven't made any differences... There's no point in changing anything, is there? As per mm. my last email... <laughs> hey, look, it's the same three paragraphs on how this developing... Mm. how this company messed up their game. Hmm. Or didn't. But I feel like in this case, they did. Okay, now I'm curious. I'm going to check one thing. I want to see what the difference is between the original attempted release of Yandere Simulator and how long it's been since Skyrim released. Oh, God. <laughs> when did Yandere... Simulator start. That's a name I don't hear often. 2014, only slightly younger than Skyrim. They're doing worse than a one-man gaming studio. Which, I mean, he's not... It doesn't seem like he's doing much at the moment either because it's been Mm. seven years nearly. Oh, it's mostly because he had to basically burn the code down and start again without actually improving anything from it. Any idea why? <laughs> He's not very good at game design. His entire AI for the characters, that there's one AI that one runs AI every runs character. Oh. And it is a bunch of if-or statements. <laughs> if this value is true for this character, then they go here at this time. Every character runs off of the same AI. Okay, that's not that I know much about coding AI, but I feel like you might need a little teensy more than that. Yeah, plus I'm pretty sure he nearly got dunked on by Toby Fox after he nearly, after he more or less gave out Megalovania's audio file for free if you could just download Yandere Simulator because it's open source. 
you can bugger around in the files, and he had an actual Megalovania file in there. Why was the Megalovania track in there? Because there was a um, cheat mode where you could ju- where it was Sans mode. Okay. Sort of like the Sans mod you have for um, Gary's mod. That's a player model, but... Oh, no, I've got the weapon, too. That's right. Yeah. It was okay. just that. It was it was literally just that. <laughs> so, murder everyone at the school is what I'm hearing, because that's what that weapon did in G-Mod. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I... Sure. <laughs> mm. I, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> Gundry Simulator is a weird game. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the game we leave it on to a music break. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, you've been listening to Uni Game Society Radio on TuneFM 106.9. Is it often that I think of me? Being honest don't come easily. Had to fly across the open ocean. Is it even worth the time to make it home? Putting up a big offense I do anything to make some sense Ooh, I keep dressing up for no occasion Maybe I'm just hoping someone picks me up That someone picks me up
nice call, yeah When I get homesick on my own, so tired Everybody's gone and now I'm homesick, tired My own, so tired Baby, you and I We've been dancing on a wire We've been walking through the fire We've seen better times It doesn't change the way I felt It's just the hand that we've been
Hello and welcome back to Uni Game Society Radio on TuneFM 106.9. And we thought we'd uh, start you guys off with a question. Well, we'll go to Blake for that question. Uh, the question's a little bit oddly worded. I need to try and <laughs> simplify the question. But what I was thinking was, what shows, books, or other games would you like to see adapted into games? Or if it's already a game, another kind of game? So to reference a previous conversation regarding Ruby Grim Eclipse... Imagine our discussion on what other forms of game we think would fit the Ruby games. So, my comment on XCOM-styled games, you guys talking about JRPGs or RPGs? Hmm. See, how, how could the series be adapted into other things? So, hmm. um, I can speak for one, one thing, knowing, as of as having seen the three seasons that are of Stranger Things... I feel like there's something that could be done about uh, that regarding making some sort of survival horror trying to avoid the Demogorgon true, as it tries true. to hunt you, much like the Alien games, I'd say. Mm. Not to mention the Demogorgon seems to be able to... Phase through walls, I guess, is not quite it, but close enough to the description. It looks the like it comes out. The Stranger Things game reminds me of something, but I cannot remember what the game is. If I remember, I will tell you. Could be Dead by Daylight, given that it's already got the Demogorgon in it. No, it's top-down, and you sort of... It's, it's kind of top-down-ish, and it's low-quality graphics, it feels like. And you kind of walk around... It's like a, it's like a solving mystery kind of game. But there's some like, sort of horror creature after you, is it? Like I think what it, I think it's sort of a bit of both. I'm sort of going from the memory to brainstorming what is what I imagine a Stranger Things game to be like now because I don't think I'm going to be able to remember whatever this memory it's jogged is. But I kind of like the idea of if Stranger Things are put into game form to have it kind of be 
like there's that story stuff going on it's not all running from creatures it's partially solving the mystery and getting the uh getting the you are a bunch of kids trying to explore and figure out what's going on yeah um, as well as the oh god something is chasing me yeah. kind of thing part of the series is the kids uh trying to determine what this creature is they haven't seen it before i don't think they see it until some of the last episodes like they don't see it directly mm-hmm. um but they know that their newfound friend is terrified of it and it's yeah it it's a de- it's a detective work by a bunch of yeah. like eleven year olds who were playing D anD D, and you can get a lot of ominousness into that at, in video game form. Yeah, there's plenty mm. that, that can work with that. I feel like I'm sure there's a number of uh, different horror series or movies that can be adapted into a game by themselves, as we've seen Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, has his own Friday the 13th game. Yeah, derived from what I can gather pretty heavily from Dead by Daylight. It looks a lot like it on a much larger scale because the map's a lot bigger, but also the mm. powers are a lot bigger. And you can fight back more against the killer. Hmm. I had a couple of amusing thoughts just in terms of, like, I guess, subverting expectations a bit. Uh, Warhammer 40k or D&D game, but instead of being set in Warhammer 40k or D&D, it's a game based around just going to D&D meets or playing the tabletop of 40k. It sounds like tabletop simulator with extra steps. Yeah. <laughs> that makes that makes me think of um you could almost do you could almost do one of those sort of experimental story games, the kind that you get in um itch.io bundles where it's Walking like sims. you're a DM for a for a uh like you play in this you play in the story the choices you make are the choices that the dm of this group of friends makes and so there's a section where you are running the game but then there's also the stuff that's happening outside of that with organizing meetings and your interactions with the people who are in your who are in your like gaming group and you kind of get the interpersonal story thing going on and then 17 hours in it becomes an isekai and no one understands why <laughs> do you do you like the stress of trying to organize a group of six players to play D at any given time when like four of them work the other and some of those four are also very busy with uni work some people have all the free time in the world it's just that not everyone shares that sentiment yeah mm. on a more honest note i would love to see the respect paid to the Witcher franchise paid to the Inheritance Cycle. Ooh, that'd be fun. The Inheritance Cycle... Going into Fly on a Dragon? Of course, of course. <laughs> the Inheritance Cycle, I'm sure you would have probably heard of the uh, rather mediocre movie, Chris, Aragon. Oh, of course. That book series. You may not have realized if you only ever watched the movie, but Aragon, the movie, is a very terrible adaption of what is actually a four-part Lord of the Rings-style travel adventure high fantasy novel. Yeah. Very interesting magic system. Actually, oddly enough, quite reminiscent to um, Thum. You have to know and understand the true name of a substance, and then you can control it. Okay. Is that it? 
Brizinger, yes, the true name yeah. for fire, or the elven name for fire. You can also. So wait, does that mean that when elves speak, they just do magic all the time? Only if they speak ancient elvish. No, it is. Okay. It is not the. It is not the modern elvish of the time. Yeah, and like even that language has a true name. Okay, but um, people also have true names that can be found, and. If you use their true name in a spell, you can either force them to do something or permanently alter their body. Oh. That sounds dangerous. Um, body horror. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd, I'd be interested to see a game with, like, the magic system. Like, it's got, like, a really good, solid melee combat and archery system. But if by, by researching stuff, you can learn words of the ancient language and then use them to manipulate your environment yeah that's really that's what would actually be really fun to play around with in a game like like thum but more freeform more freeform yeah use more freely i'm having Um, i'm having this imagery that like uh, because it sounds like it's only verbal Right. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. though there is a degree of subverbal shown only in the last book where it's like a psychic bombardment of like instead of words it's like concepts that's designed to make the bad guy feel bad for himself and feel guilty for what he did that did. And um he turns himself into a nuclear warhead. Oh. Um okay. His last words are um I actually remember how it's said in the ancient language because I loved the series, though I found inheritance dragged on a little. Waez neat, be not. He just sort of unmade like himself. In, oh my god, sorry, you've just reminded me of um, the Belgariad. That's That has a similar speech-based magic system, actually. And if you use be not, it's like the it's like the it's pretty much the blow yourself up spell. Is this it's a spontaneous combustion? Is, is this what's happening? Uh, no, because I just remember something. The ancient island of the dragon slayers, or dragon riders, sorry, very different things. It's not <laughs> safe to step in parts of it because the ambient magic will kill you. And it's just connected in my mind. It's it's because why is Nayat basically unmakes you on the atomic level. It's a radioactive wasteland. No. Well, oh, that no. would be Yep. But yeah, like the lore of the magic in the Belgaria, from what I can remember, it was you can't command something not to exist. You can change things, you can change things, whatever. But if you command something not to exist, you basically go against the laws of creation and it just it just annihilates you. Is it one of the laws of physics? Vatican Pretty much, yeah. Destroyed. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Hmm. And what other uh, series, movies, whatever have we seen that we might? I mean, I've it, had an think. idea. Yeah. Percy Jackson. Oh I've yeah. Sort of been, I've sort of been gazing over my bookshelf, and there's no Percy Jackson there, but it just sort of came to me. Like, think Can't about it. Can't be worse than the movies. <laughs> no, oh, don't give me a lot of good chance. stuff about the TV show, though. I, oh, I yeah. hear the TV show is going to be good. Yeah. I mean. So you get yeah. to choose what um, you would get to choose what god 
you would kind of uh, be the child of, and there would be, like, you would be at camp, various NPCs that you can interact with, quests that you can go on, and that kind of thing. I could be see cool. that working either in, like, a Skyrim-style Western RPG, or possibly a good MMO. For some reason, all the games that I'm visualizing today are just, like, top-down. Top-down, <laughs> click-to-walk <laughs> style, which is funny. Because I honestly don't know what games I've played that are like that. I mean, MOBAs playing Dota. Dota's got an anime already. <laughs> I mean, a Dota RPG could be fun based on the anime. Maybe. Maybe. A good Harry Potter game would be nice. Hey, that's well, on the way. Next that's year. On the way. Yeah, next yeah. year. Um, Harry Potter New Legacy, I believe it is. Is that right? I, I don't think it's got like oh, a no, it's, it's No, it's, it's not Harry Potter Legacy. It's like... What do they call it? Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts yeah. Legacy. It's like, not Harry Potter because it's like a hundred years before. Mystery. Yeah. It's like... Because Hogwarts Mystery is the mobile game. I don't think the new one has a official name yet. Uh, is it Hogwarts Legacy? I thought that was the thing. I'll look it up. Alright. Um, I believe it was Hogwarts Legacy. It's supposed to come out uh, next year. Um, on I guess PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox One X, and PC. Uh, if it's all of Yeah, them. Hogwarts Legacy, my bad. Yeah. Um, which I believe from memory it would it takes some like 60 years before the events of Hogwarts in the movies. Yeah. So Dumbledore might be a student or something. Yeah, the, to be fair, I think by the Harry Potter movie, like the original seven, 60 years prior to that, Dumbledore would still have been about 40. Then perhaps yeah, he's, he's a teacher. Really old, just a younger, just a yeah. younger I think, teacher. I think from what Crystal was saying, it's set like 50 or 60, like it's set a period of time before... Uh, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, before Fantastic Beasts even. Well, then you might get a chance at young Dumbledore. Well, Fantastic Beasts was in like the 30s or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Fantastic Beasts is like just before World Potter, War II. Oh, yeah, no, right. Original Harry Potter's 90s, that's right. Yeah, like the last <laughs> book of the series takes place in 99. Yeah. That might me then. <laughs> it, always, it always surprised me a bit. When I, whenever I get reminded that, like, oh yeah, Harry Potter has like a canon date where things happen. There are canon years in which these things are set. It's not just yeah. like nebulous nineties. It's. I'm pretty sure actually that the Battle of Hogwarts took place sometime in the August of '99, which is amazing because nice. that's when me and Kate were born. <laughs> Best days. And Hayden actually. A lot. Happy birthday! It's Voldemort's dead. Yep, Voldemort's dead, right? Okay, great. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Um, what else have we got? Or, I mean, maybe go for a music break and we'll figure out something else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. All right, you've been listening to Tune FM on 106.9. Okay. She was on your mind The friend that you called Jasmine I mean, whatever happens, happens Baby made me blind So I kept wasting time Wanted to rewind 
Seconds after Jasmine I mean whatever happens, happens Now that you got time for it I hope that you show love I'm just fucking mad Cause this love was meant for me And hope you do it all for Jasmine 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 You do, do, do it all for Jasmine You do it all for Jasmine You do it all Say you wanna go, where you wanna go, but you wanna go I bet you think I can't see, that you're cheating on me Last year on New Year's Eve Give, give, give and take, you go, you grace She got disgrace, you got disgrace for fucking Jasmine Say you gotta go, sleeping on a pillow Say you gotta go, sleeping on a pillow You do it all for Jasmine You do it all for Jasmine You do, do, do it all for Jasmine You 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 do, do, do it all for Jasmine Took steps that would never make you wanna fight Where is my mind? The nights will get blank So you better bother watch your back I mean, whatever happens, happens What happens, it just happens What happens, it just happens What happens, it just happens You got to help, you got to help You know that you got to help me try I can't shake this ache I carry I don't recall now why we're buried I can't, I can't remember why You know that I can't remember why But when the night comes crawling in I come crawling in Try not to fall but there ain't no stopping it Here now I see it loud I just wish that you were here And when the night comes crawling in Stopping it here now I see a lot I just wish that you were here Yeah, I just wish you were here A little bit of hope 
just holding up to go, just keep get going. I tell myself, I tell myself, but my feet fail me now. So maybe who we were then is shattered, but who we are in ends what matters. Nobody goes, nobody goes. Lately, reminiscing, going crazy. Miss the way your kiss would keep me up. Hey, wish that you were here tonight, drinking vodka soda, extra limes, and we could just get back to being us. Cause I just wanna be cool again, cool again, cool again. Like we were last summer, want you again, you again, you again. To be still in my Tangled in each other night still Playing back in my head I just wanna be cool again, cool again, cool again Yeah Do you ever think about The days we couldn't live without each other Where the hell did we go wrong? Hey, how'd we go from that to this? Good things slip Do we really have to go move on? I just wanna be cool again Cool again, cool again Like we were last summer Want you again, you again, you again To be still in my covers all Tangled in each other nights still Playing back in my 
Cause I just wanna be cool again, cool again, cool again Like we were last time, I want you again, you again, you again To be still in my covers all tangled in each other night still Playing back in my head, I just wanna be cool again, cool again, cool again Hello and welcome back to Uni Game Saturday Radio on TuneFM 106.9. So, we thought we would uh, go to the obligatory uh, part of the night where we talk about the games we've been playing lately. And, Kate, I hear you've been playing, well, not a new game, but a new game to you lately with some of us. Well, not me, but yeah. Yes, I have recently started playing Divinity 2 Original Sin. Is that Divinity what it's called? Divinity Original Sin 2. I was close. Yeah, because Divinity 2 right is a order. different game. There's Divinity and Divinity Original Sin. Alrighty, Divinity Original Sin 2. That's what I've been playing. My character is the uh, the elf, the magic Sabeel. elf slave with the scar on her cheek. Sabeel. And, um, yeah, Sabeel. And we've been going on exploration, me and Hayden and Blake. Mostly it's just the three of us. I think Pat's been with us for a little while, but yeah, he's there sometimes. And, yeah, Pat joined his last session. Sorry for bumping the mic and there, viewers. <laughs> I'm specializing in Arrow and Hydro, a combination that Hayden calls Toaster Bar. Electricity because, and water. Yes, I make it rain on my opponents and then I strike them with lightning, which is really fun. And I hope to get more better AOE spells in the future because I'm still figuring out how to aim. Oh, that's some bloody good AOE spells in Arrow. Uh, I'm currently mm. pl I'm currently just turning the game into a first-person shooter because I'm playing Ranger. So, first turn, I shoot my enemy. What do you do next? I shoot my enemy. And after that, I don't have enough energy to shoot my enemy. I'm going to cast a spell on me that'll give me a chance to shoot my enemy three times next turn. Very good. Going to haste it, I see. Or something. Yeah, that's exactly what the spell's called. Okay. Um, my elf also has a form of haste, except it's called blood sacrifice or something. And it sacrifices her defense, makes the ground beneath her blood, and gives her extra turns, which is really good. Yeah. Also, whenever she runs through blood, she gets health buffs. So that's because it's just become a running joke that whenever there's a blood puddle on the field, I, I will go over and stand in expression, Chris, Kate took a talent called Leech when she runs through a blood surface, because there's like elemental surfaces and blood is an element, mm -hmm. she gets health back and absorbs the puddle. Okay. Blood is generally used as a damage boosting element, typically just for summoners and rangers, because... Blood-infused anything just does 20% more damage. Okay, sure. Blood is poisonous. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out of your system. <laughs> Don't actually, please. For legal reasons, this is a joke. <laughs> yep. Um, 
But yeah, in terms of games I've been playing recently, I've been playing Divinity because I own the game save that Kate's Divinity game is on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've recently been replaying, not to entirely go back to an old topic, but I've been replaying Skyrim. <laughs> Except mm-hmm. modded slightly out the wazoo. Only I've slightly? been playing around with uh, Minecraft mods recently. I've uh, been continuing my Minecraft Origins playthrough. Origins, because I don't know if I've talked with this about you, Chris, is a mod that allows you to start with... Basically, you're a weird fusion of man and mob, and it gives you different powers and abilities and detriments based on what mob you choose. Okay. For example, the Elytrian is technically is like in law speak a descendant of like a flying species from the end mm-hmm. um this is minecraft remembering and they have permanent elytra and a special ability to jump like 10 15 blocks in the air for a takeoff or to boost their height mid-flight but okay, bugs are also squishy if they get hit while flying or they hit something run into something they take double damage or something like that and they Ooh. can't wear any armor more defensive than chainmail that's not much due to the fact that it's too heavy for them and if they're in a restricted area they um they get gradually stacking debuffs of like slowness and fatigue okay but in exchange for all that they get severely improved attack damage when in flight. Oh, so he's going to do a flyby, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, There's also Enderian, so Enderman, permanent non-damaging Enderpearl in exchange for rain and water hurt you, and if something is wearing a pumpkin, you cannot see it. It's invisible, okay. Oh, you straight up can't see it. So a PvP thing, it would seem like, yep. And yeah, oh, wow. okay, you can't see it. Like, there's not even particles coming off of it. They're just gone. That's amazing. I, I mean, that's... I haven't played as Andarian yet. I've been meaning to. Yeah, and it wouldn't I've help you Blazeborn. anyway. Uh, Blazeborn. I've done Blazeborn. I've done Blazeborn, which is when you start in the Nether. Honestly, I I don't recommend it. I did it first hmm. as a challenge because I am a fool. It's one of the highest rated difficulty classes, and in the end, I switched to creative mode and took my nether person to Earth. Yeah. How do you get back from the nether when you just start that, though? uh, You don't. That's why I went to creative mode. You can. You actually can. You can? There's no water. How? There's no water, but there is piglins. And Mm. when you throw gold ingots at piglins, they give you items such as ender pearls and gold armor and gold tools. And obsidian. Ah, uh, so, so you can make take a portal a while. That Yeah, because yeah. you have to go around and get the nether gold ore that drops like a couple of nuggets each time to craft ingots to trade with piglins to get the obsidian to build the portal to get out. So how do you get the tools to mine that because there's no iron there uh, either? Black they have trees down there. Oh, there is stuff? Yeah, there's... there's trees. Because uh, in 1.16 they brought out like three new biomes for the nether there's the normal nether which is the nether wastes then you've got the crimson forest which has trees and plant life the mm-hmm. warped forest which has blue and green trees and wildlife and enderman in it and soul sand that's valleys. where i was yeah i so, was in a warped forest 
Soul Sand Valleys have got Soul Sand and Soul Soil in them. And Soul Soil is only really usable because you can put it on torches or in lanterns and it's blue. It's blue when you set it on fire. Blue cool. fire, okay. Um, and Soul Sand is only used for traps, sometimes builds. Like, you can use Soul Sand to make... um. Elevators now, water elevators. Okay. Oh Cause, yeah, because it makes the bubbles. Makes yeah. the bubbles. It's just the thing, and the, the molten blocks or thing. Yeah, magma. Magma. Yep. Um, also, soul sand valleys spawn with like what are meant to be like fossilized rib cages made of bone blocks, making mm, them a way it. to get a lot of bo- like bone meal. Okay. Cool. All right. The current one that I'm playing is feline is the feline origin and it's good because uh you are completely immune to fall damage which means that i can jump off mountains to my heart's content that's all um, you've ever also wanted a bit faster and i think oh yeah creepers run away from you which is great because they are the bane of my existence yep but i think you have less health and you can't break stone blocks when there's i think it's more than four stone blocks together you can't break them so your arms are too wimpy and weedy. So you need yeah. a friend to help you out there, then. It's or like explosives. A, a cult, it's or like you a can find mod. isolated bits of stone, which is what I've been doing. So I've been can't... running around places and trying to find bits of stone that I can mine. And despite being on a literal mountain, I've only got 14 pieces of stone so far. Fair enough. So you can't actually go proper mining, it would seem. Because yeah, you can't, can't go mining. So I'm going to be exploring caves and things, a which fun, is fun. A fun but similar race is also the avians, chicken mm-hmm. people. They have the chicken's like slow gliding ability when falling, can only sleep at elevated positions, so you can't sleep at ground level, and they can't eat meat. <laughs> So, only sleep at ground level. So, there's only beds in Minecraft to sleep on. How do you sleep then? Uh, build a nerd pole. Then put a floor on the nerd pole. Yeah. Then sleep. <laughs> and put a bed on that. Yeah. No. Oh. Okay, so you can Okay. So, it has to be a number of blocks above the ground. Yeah. Do it. What well, do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, it's Y altitude based. Okay. I was going to be like, what if your house is just like up in the air anyway because you nerd poles anyway but that whatever it yeah. was Y altitude based that's fine then okay I think I haven't played Minecraft for a little while but I did hear there was an update recently there's goats and axolotls yep the opening of the 1.17 update uh the the sort of caves and sort of cliffs update because mm. they didn't add most of the caves or any of the cliffs except for the goats and the snow that doesn't sound much like a cliffs or caves update. Yeah, it's the starting part of the caves and cliffs update because they split the update out over multiple sections because of COVID. Uh, the plan is to completely overhaul underground generation and expand the build limit by 32 blocks up and down and add in new underground biomes. Um, the goats can already punt you off mountains with ease, so that's good. Uh, powdered snow exists and is also the only clutch block able to be used in the nether other than ladders now. I'm curious as to um, what people can build being given a 32 
block increase in the height of the world. Technically 64. Technically. 32 down, 32 up. Does that just mean the bedrock is 32 blocks down? Yeah. Okay. And that those 32 blocks are replaced with deep slate now. Oh. Which is a really cool looking block, actually. They've also redone all the textures for the ores, other than diamonds and emeralds, I think. And maybe redstone. Does it mean that uh, the ores are now found at a different um, uh, Y coordinate? They have readjusted it a bit. Diamonds are still mostly the same from five down. But um, it's like, it's just some spawn here, some spawn there. Okay. I think gold's a bit easier to find now because it's basically useless unless you're in the nether. Okay. Um, and they've also made it so that any ores that spawn in the deep slate levels use the deep slate stone texture instead of normal stone texture. And they've changed the designs of all the ore models in order to make them more visually distinct for people who are colorblind. Fair enough. I'm surprised it's not a... Is there a colorblind setting for the visuals of Minecraft yet? Or is that the... They don't have yet. Sort of. There probably is. Colorblindness is the reason that we have um, emeralds instead of rubies. Hmm. That makes sense, yeah. One of the devs is colorblind. Yeah. I remember... Um, I was watching a video, because I, I watch bits and bobs of the Dream SMP now and again. Um, and one of the people on there was playing with a friend who was colorblind. So they modded in a texture pack that replaced all the like colors in the game with what it would be assumed his friend saw. Okay. So it, it looks weird. I might show you in the next music break. Because um, his friend is proton colorblind. So he has trouble seeing reds and yellows and oranges. Okay. So the, okay. the nether portal light inside it was blue. Okay, sure. Because they removed all the red from the purple. <laughs> yep. And everything just sort of looked dead. Yeah, I, well, I don't know what that colorblind... I know the red-green colorblind, what that sort of looks like, and it mm. looks quite dull. Yeah, that's really. what my dad's got. Okay. Um, funny thing on that... Um, at work, so back back where I'm I'm from, I work at um, a laser tag place, and um, I know years ago when I used to go there, the teams by default were green and red, and then when I went to work there, I noticed that they were blue and green by default, and I was like, what about uh, green and red? Oh yeah, no, the the new manager is colorblind, so like, oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so that must have happened after the coughs uh, trip we all went on, right? Cause... No, it was it was green and blue then. That was before I worked there. Yeah. Ah, because like, I could swear when we were all playing, there might have been a red team because there was three teams or something. Ah, uh, yeah, I think we were running a we were running a red team then. Um, but green and blue are the default colors when it's a two team game. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, when I started working there back at uh, end of 2018. Uh, I'd ask that, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, managed is colorblind. Fair enough, good reason. Nobody else was colorblind. <laughs> yeah, my dad's colorblindness is the reason why he never got properly into the army. Yeah. I mean, if someone tells you to cut the red wire, you best be able to tell which one's a red wire. Yeah. Um, my friend seems happy that he can't be conscripted for the same reason. <laughs> it's like... Fair enough, but the rest of us got to go on the front lines and you yeah. get to sit at home I, doing whatever. I'm pretty sure I'm also 
effectively immune to conscription due to having terrible eyesight and autism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Am I, am I out, too? Yeah, on the grounds of autism, I'm pretty sure. This makes me this makes me think of that one um that one uh Team Fortress meme where it's like we're we're not going to get conscripted, we're immortal, and then the medic comes in going, No, I just said we were not dying to the draft. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we we got side we're not even talking about we weren't even talking about video games for a second, though. Yeah, because like, I was going to talk about, like, my recent Skyrim playthrough I was doing. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm actually playing the game properly now. Mm. We're going to talk about that for a bit, and then we might, well, we might not even go to a music break. We might just plug uh, Games Night happening tomorrow. Yeah, fair enough. So, so. Um, I, I re a couple days ago, actually, I started a new gameplay, a new game of Skyrim. After having to manually delete every single save on my computer from Skyrim, because I, I made I joined up accounts with Hayden for a bit to try out Risk of Rain. So I had all of his saves on my computer, all of them. I've done the same thing. It took me twenty minutes to delete all of them. Uh, then I started up my first archery build. Um, I am playing a vampire wood elf archer. Okay. Which has been fun. It's also my first playthrough where I've had no major casting elements. Because I'm, I'm usually quite a caster. I understand that. In many of my recent playthroughs, if I'm not a caster, I do at least have restoration. Because yeah. healing potions are... Look, you can find a lot of them. But... I'd also like to use the healing spells first because if my combat's not mana based, then yeah, because like I I don't you I don't use those healing spells often. It's more of a okay. I can't wait. I'm out of healing potions. It's a good thing that every race in Skyrim starts off with healing. You don't have to get a tomb of healing, although there are tombs of healing in the world for some reason and flames. Yeah. Despite everyone can cast them. Yeah, I remember. I played the game a little bit out of order because before even getting to... So before doing Diplomatic Immunity, I had already completed most of Dawn Guard and the entire plot lines for both um, the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. The only mission I had left in Dawn Guard was the push through the Forgotten Veil and... Kindred Judgment, and I haven't touched Dragonborn yet. Well, I'll tell you this much, as of being the leader of Dark, Dark Brotherhood, I believe you uh, have an extra option to t tell soon when you're at Sovereign Guard as to why you you should be allowed into the uh, hall. Nice, nice. Uh, depending on uh, what what right, like by what right do you request entry? Is his question? And there's a different one for each major guild, right? Believe so. I don't know if I mean maybe Thieves Guild has a thing. Um, I know the Dark Brotherhood is like something about Sithis. Hmm. Um, her companions, I believe, have one. At this point, I owe my soul to like half of Oblivion already. Nocturne. There's a theory on that. Sithis. Um, so because a lot of the uh, Daedric princes and stuff that you would interact with and other gods you interact with over the course of the game would lay claim to your soul when you die. 
However, Akatosh also has claim to your soul due to Dragonborn. Mm. Which, in as far as I can tell, in lore, Akatosh is the most powerful god, so he would take your just soul over Sith. walking down from else. Olympus, just picking up the Dragonborn by the head. This is mine. And no one else can say a damned thing. Yeah. Because, like, I'm already collecting the other Daedric missions because I've never completed all of them in a single playthrough and I want to do it now. Mm. Um, I think the only one I've not done ever, though, is probably Boethia. You can't bring yourself to sacrifice your companion? No, I, I've just never gotten the damn thing to start. I don't think I ever get high enough level. <laughs> I usually push through the main story and get bored before, like, level 20. I don't think it's that high level. It's like 2025. 20, hmm. That and um, Vermino. That one you can do at any time, though. Uh, no, you actually have to be like level 15, 20 to get Vermina's mission to start. You just go to Dawnstar and people are plagued by uh, nightmares. Uh, who am I thinking then? Marin's Dagon's level 10. No, I'm pretty sure Dagon's 15. 10. Uh, Katana <laughs> Lady. <laughs> Whispering oh, Blade. Oh, the Whispering Blade? That Mephala. Mephala. Yeah. And I'm double-checking that. I'm almost certain Dagon's mission triggers at bloody 15. I feel like I don't hear about it that Level late into the game. Restrictions for Skyrim, Daedric... Because number of the things is just like... The courier just gives you the thing. I feel like I haven't been level 15 when Discerning I was the Transmundane for the... Um, for the book. The that's Emmaus Moro. Emmaus Moro. That's level 15. Here's scene level one, Malakath level nine, Mayrun's Dagon level twenty. I feel like I get get the letter about it much earlier. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. This may be inaccurate. Azura level one, Boethius Calling level thirty, Lavicus Vial level ten, Hermaeus Mora level fifteen, Hercene one, Malakath nine, Dagon twenty, Mafala twenty, Neridia twelve. Molagbal, Namira, and Nocturnal are all one. Periite and Sang Periite is twelve. Sanguine is fourteen. Shiagorath and Vermina are both level one apparently, but I've never gotten Vermina to trigger properly until I've already been as to Dawnstar. As soon as you go to Dawnstar, that's all. It I've I don't remember ever getting a letter about it. It's just the first time I go to Dawnstar. Yeah, like, it's the first thing you get told by God. Usually, my first trip, I don't hear anyone talking about it. I still feel like I've heard Meryn's Dagon. Uh, I've been given the letter earlier than 15. Okay, I'm going to check the name of the mission. Uh, it is... Not a dangerous best friend. What's it bloody called? Piece of the Past. I'll look it up on the actual Skyrim wiki. Piece of, piece of the, yeah, Piece of the Past is the one. Um... I love that this is what we get stuck on, arguments of level restrictions. I feel like I wasn't that high a level when I get a letter from the courier being like, hey, this guy's opening a new museum up in Dawnstar. Uh, the wiki also says level 20. Uh, speak to Silas, claim the razor. I feel like I most definitely get it earlier than that. I don't, I don't understand. Okay, let's scroll down and have a goosey gander. That's why Boethia being level 30. I mean, the books to tell you about Boethia are scattered around the world. You can find the book. Okay. I don't know. 
I mean, I feel like Boethius' quest isn't even that long a thing. It's just, hey, sacrifice a person. Ah, oh, no, that's not enough. Go kill my previous champion. Yeah, there's not much to that one. I'm not seeing anything in the trivia about the note showing up early. I swear I can't be level 20. I don't... I don't bum rush my levels when I play Skyrim. Not normally. Normally I'd... Like, I'll level up the combat skills that I'm using and, like, smithing or whatever else. But I won't aim for levels. I'll only play through the game for leveling up things. Because as you level up, so too does the world of Skyrim. And if you are, like, level 30 going to Bleakfall's Barrow, there's a Frost Troll on your way up, as yeah. opposed to nothing. Yeah. If only there was a way to be so low level there wasn't a Frost Troll on the way to the bloody Greybeards. Yeah, unfortunately, High Crosscar, there was always a Frost Troll, and there is no going about it. However, you can just sprint past if Frost Trolls aren't fast. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Lydia decided not to run with me. Lydia is going to die for you, even if you weren't going to die for her. You know. <laughs> Lydia can't, like, followers can't die, though, unless you kill them, right? No, they can die. I figured so, that out the seriously? hard way. So here's the thing. When they drop to one knee, they basically get ignored by the AI in a lot of cases. Mm. AoE will still kill them, though, which is how uh, Lydia okay. died against the Frost Troll. It went to swing at me, and the AoE got her. Is those wild swings AoE? Oh. Either I thought that, it just hit the or it did so much damage on the last hit, it bypassed the drop phase. Oh, maybe. It's one of the reasons why I did most of my missions with Serana where possible, because, because she's an essential NPC. Yep. It's really a wonder Jazago never died when I used to play then. Because with my incompetence, like, I must be better at Skyrim than I thought, because I never lost him. Better question. Except for that one time that I literally lost him and had to go back to wizard school to find him. Better question. What difficulty are you playing on? Normal, I think. Right, adept. Mm. There's three difficulties up above that. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and I suppose let's get to that night, that, that time of the night we should plug games night, because it is happening. Um, mm. What are you looking for? Oh, I was, looking, I was looking around to see if there was anyone outside. Don't see him. Um, so tomorrow we have our games nights running on up at the Stro as per usual from six o'clock till late. We have our Nintendo Switch, we have our VR, uh, we have PC set up, board game set up. Uh, so you can come coming up. The only restrictions we have is that uh, you must wear a face mask at all times mm. while inside, except when eating or drinking, obviously. And you must sign in at the door. There is a Service New South Wales QR code sign in at the door on your way in. Mm -hmm. um, also, tomorrow night will be the first stream of Unex, where you will get to watch Crystal get terrified of Freddy and friends in Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted. Oh, that no, sounds fun. She has never <laughs> played a Five Nights at Freddy's game. So you can either watch on stream if you can't make it, or watch in person if you come in. Yeah. I may or may mm. not be coming in, and I may or may not be bringing a Nerf gun. <laughs> or bring popcorn. Both might be good. Yeah, bring both. <laughs> she's about to do some... She's like, quiet, methodical. Gets shot in the back with a Nerf gun. 
Oh, she won't be quiet. I feel like she's going to be talking nonstop about every little thing that mm. might be happening. It's like, oh, God, Foxy has moved. Oh, no, mm. Foxy's not there. Oh, God, Foxy's <laughs> not there. Where'd the rabbit go? Oh, the fox. It was, like, it was like, where did Chica go? Chica's there. Chica's at the door. Chica, at the door. Huh? Reminds me of my first time playing FNAF. Or more accurately, Kate's first time playing FNAF. The rabbit moved, so she threw the iPad at me. <laughs> I didn't throw it. I passed it. And then I Gently. passed you my frozen coke and won the night for you because I'm the best. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, alongside that, um, I, I don't have a date to give you now, but uh, there will be future streams as well of other games. Uh, some other games that we could have on the horizon is Dead by Daylight, which will probably be played by me. Um, we have, I'd, I'd imagine, Blake, if you wanted to play Genshin or another game of Warframe. Yeah, to be fair, I've, I'm, that's the kind of thing I'd probably... It's the kind of thing where... Uh, sorry, English, again, 80-second language. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I'd probably do on my own Twitch streams because it's A, boring, or B, even more boring without friends. Or um, Adam uh, has said he might play Resident Evil Village. He has kept himself spoiler-free. Somehow. So uh, he will be going in blind. I have watched the full playthrough, but that does not mean that I won't watch, watch it anyway just to hmm. see reactions. Just to watch him suffer. There are some terrifying parts, but I feel like it's more hmm. creepy and grotesque things in some cases. Nice, nice. Madame Dimitrescu um, is only one thing there. Mm -hmm. Is Blackheart open? Blackheart is indeed open. I believe they're open till late tonight, so about 10 o'clock or something. I don't know their specific restrictions, so I would say mask up, bring some hand sanitizer. Safe, safe, for, all sure for, safe for all for COVID, sign in, have a mask if it's an inside place, mm. and even at some outside places, you know, whenever it's a festival or something, such as the uh, Light Up Armadale Festival that was on Sunday. Hmm. Um, Is it bad that I didn't realize that was a thing? <laughs> maybe. Oh, well. Probably. I didn't go to it. Um, in any case, I suppose that is time for us to sign off for the night. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you have been listening to Unity Game Society Radio on Tune FM 106.9. I have been your host, Chris. I've been Blake. And I've been Kate. <laughs> Hope you'll join us ne next time, uh, next Monday at 6 o'clock as usual, or if we might see you at Games Night tomorrow. But for now, have a good night.